Welcome back to the Sunday Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? And of course, how are your heads? Guys, what's going on? How are you doing? How have you been getting on? It's been a couple of weeks. Forgive me for my absence. I've been outperforming the Sunday Roast in the real world, uh, which is both terrifying and exhilarating in equal measure. So I just want to thank everybody in Dublin and in London who has came to see me thus far. Uh, I appreciate it more than you will ever know. And briefly on that note, just to everybody in Dublin, if you missed the live shows in the Sugar Club, which sold out after eight minutes, you know, uh, it would be very easily to have done so. If you missed those shows um, and still want to come and see the show live, um, it looks like I'm going to be doing like a one night only sort of event at the end of June. It's still in situ, so I'll update you when I know the exact dates, etc. It's not going to be a big show. It's not going to be as big as the Sugar Club. Um, it's going to be a much smaller, like 50 to 80 people maximum. Basically, I have to get something, I have to get it filmed. So uh, I need, if you've been to the Sugar Club shows, but you really enjoyed it and feel like coming again because you're going to be like jovial and applause, it's all going to be filmed. Please come. Uh, I will let you know when I have the details. If you haven't been to the show, but fancy getting your mug recorded uh, and filmed, please come. And if you just fancy coming, come. Everybody come, okay? So... That's that. Thank you all for the support. Please consider subscribing to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. The content has been completely lacking. I'm first to admit that. Uh, last to take responsibility for it, but first to admit it, which I suppose is some of the battle. Uh, but please consider supporting me in the show and keeping this whole um, thing alive. I've also been busy, guys, because I've been to weddings. Um, I'm really sorry. I've had to go to three weddings in the last two weeks, which is just too much. It's just too much. Um, for those of you unfamiliar, marriage, also called matrimony or wedlock, is a culturally and often legally recognised union between two people called spice, uh, spouses. It establishes rights and obligations between them as well as between them and their children and between them and their in-laws. So now that we're all clear on what marriage is, I would like to know where you people, you people, where you people stand on the concept of marriage and true love in general. Okay. Because I'm somebody, I sort of view marriage like a tattoo. I don't have any tattoos. People always have the personality of someone with tattoos. And I don't know if that's an insult or not. But I don't have any tattoos. Because there's nothing that I trust. There's nothing that I like enough that I trust I will like forever. The permanence of it terrifies me. You know, the permanence of a tattoo, much like if not more so than marriage, terrifies me. Because... I just don't know if I'll feel the same about anything in five years' time, ten years' time, twelve, you know. What do you guys feel about that? And what do you also feel about, like, call me cynical, but I feel like I'm at the age now, I'm 30 years of age-ish, you know. I feel like everybody's getting engaged and getting married at the exact same age, no matter how long they've been together. You know, you have to put a ring on it. Or do the honourable thing, as bastards say to me at dinner parties. Don't get me wrong, if you're in a long-term relationship and both of your lives align in a certain way and you want to spend the rest of your lives together, brilliant. But I just, I don't know, I feel like it's weird that everybody seems to get engaged at the exact same time. And I just doubt it's real. I don't believe it. I don't believe everybody that gets engaged wants to be married. Is that just because I'm a child of divorce or because I have commitment issues? I don't know. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. Send me a message on Instagram at Megan Mark. Now, the other side of it is, is that I love... 
I love when I hear people have gotten married, right? Let, not Less so when they've gotten engaged. But I love he- hearing people have gotten married, not because they've committed themselves to each other and they're going to spend the rest of their lives together, no, and everlasting happiness and all that slop, but because it means that they've had the consideration and respect to get married and not invite me to the wedding. Because I don't like going to weddings. I don't, I don't do well at weddings. I'm not that sort of a social guy. And I cannot deal with the banality of the conversations. You know, stuffed like sardines in an understaffed gazebo, eating overcooked miniature quiches, complimenting the cocky priest because he made a joke about pints at the end of mass. Do you ever get that? People always love that way too much. You're nearing the end of the ceremony and it's been lovely and reverent. And then Father Munzweli breaks rank and says, Now I'm sure there might be a drink or three at the reception. And the congregation erupts with guffaws rapturous applause and laughter like he's just said the funniest thing on earth oh my god oh that took me by surprise oh my word i'm laughing oh my my jesus i'm this is living holy man making jokes about lager I don't I don't get it's 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 it feels false the way that we all behave on the day feels false do you know what I mean all the speeches everybody's getting thanked from the bridesmaid to the guy who held the door open it's madness oh and a massive massive special thank you to Auntie Mildred 87 years of age who came all the way from Tipperary town just to be here on the special day and she gets a round of applause she gets a massive round of applause for simply being at her, like, grand-niece's wedding. Oh, did you see Mildred? Oh, she's very glam, isn't she? Glam. The 80s, Mildred, the 87-year-old. Glam. Referring to the bride's great-auntie Mildred as glam because she's wearing a matching dress, hat and scarf and shoes and bag is mental. The woman looks like a tea cosy or a vintage oven glove. Nothing needs to be that floral, you know? Using the word glam to describe somebody who currently has a moist Kleenex stuck beneath the wristband of their watch is disingenuous. I don't think it's fair in anybody in this scenario. Oh, it's actually, it's hard to think she's 90, isn't it? Uh, not really. No, no, I can actually, yeah, she looks 90. She looks, yeah, I would have said 90. In or around, 91, 92. Yeah, she looks 90. Well, I know it's mad to believe she's 90. Well, no, she's moving at the speed of time in a GP's waiting room. It's glacial, it's gamal, it's slow. Mildred has been helped to her seat by one of the groomsmen who was holding her at such a distance, by the way. You'd swear he was bringing out the food bin. Oh, she just looks so glamorous. I can't get over it. Real rock and roll. She is so far from rock and roll. If the woman was a genre of music, she'd be a famine song on the tin whistle. Her perfume is like a wild cocktail of potpourri and hand sanitizer. Ah, she's just a real cool chick, isn't she? She's really owning that walking stick. She doesn't even own that walking stick. She got it on loan from the rotunda. This is so patronising. And who drew the willy on her cast and permanent marker? Ah, she's just bringing the vibes though, isn't she? Ask her. How she voted in the last few referendums, shall we? Before we start lauding the woman as the last flickering flickering light of banter in this cave of cruelty we now consider the world. It's condescending, it's false. 
Be real with the woman. Be direct. Hiya, Mildred. I saw you um, ignore three waiters there with foreign accents until finally accepting a drink from your grandson. What was that about? Hiya, Mildred. I saw you take a bite of one of those delicious prawns wrapped in phyllo pastry and then screw your face up in disgust until depositing it, half-eaten, beside somebody else's glass of book fizz. What was that about? Hiya, Mildred. I'm in room 304 and I've an industrial vat of Vaseline in my bag. Should we go up and chat? Well, no. Forget those. For the last one in particular. Let's have less of the patronisation of old people, please. And on the topic of patronisation, can we please consider the... Oh, look, they've got the baby cousin wandering down the aisle doing the flowers. Oh, isn't he so adorable? He's doing such an amazing job. He's such a little buzzer. Well, he actually looks extremely shy. He hasn't made any eye contact with anybody. He's throwing the rose petals with less vigour than Mildred clears her throat. And he keeps looking back at his mum to see if he's doing it right. I'd give him a 4 out of 10. I'd maximum give him a 4.5 out of 10 and I would sack him in the morning if he was my gardener. Why are we all living in la-la land at these weddings? Oh, did you get one of the mask cards with the, with the couple's faces on it? Stunning, absolutely stunning. Oh, they're stunning. I got one of those myself. I actually put one of them in my bag. I'm keeping that. Why are you keeping it? Why are you keeping it? I'm going to put chewing gum on the back of mine and leave it on the pew like I'm supposed to. Have you ever been in your house six months after a wedding and thought, do you know what? I must sit down now and have another skim through Saoirse and Damon's wedding card from two summers ago in East Waterford. It's absolutely insane. Unless there's a topless picture of Mildred replacing the prayers of the faithful, I have no bloody interest. Thank you. I would now ask the members of the congregation to walk outside to the car park and hang around as the bride and groom are going to take some photographs. Oh, good stuff. We'll all just, we'll all just walk out to the car park, will we? And sort of stand around for 45 minutes without anything to do while the bride and groom get photos. Oh no, good stuff. Oh no, that's grand. Oh, it's, oh, it's roasting hot as well. It's sunny, is it? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, no, I'm sweltering. In my suit and dehydrated. Yeah, no, that's that's a- excellent, actually. And all of us at once just go out and hang around there for ages. Brilliant. No, and, and I'm starving as well because I haven't eaten because I got the timings wrong and I didn't even get to stop in the shop and get a banana as planned. No, no, that's great. I'm actually looking forward to that. And we'll just stand and wait around and then sort of avoid making small talk with like people you haven't seen in like 15 years. Like that girl over there, Kira, who always just talks about how she's a junior infants teacher. Oh yeah, no, that's good. Oh my God, Mark. Oh, for f- oh my God, Mark. I can't believe it. Like, I haven't seen you in ages. Uh, there's a reason why, Kira. We aren't friends. Oh my God, like, I want to know everything. Okay, just start from the start. I actually just can't believe this. Start from the start and tell me every. Okay, look, Kira, slow down for a second. I don't act shocked when I see my dentist do I? Or the guy doing the NCT on my mother's car. We don't see each other for a reason, you know? And this reunion is a consequence of a mutual acquaintance. The relationship ends there. Why would I divulge any of the intimate details of my personal life to you? At a wedding, in a car park, dripping sweat, starving, thirsty and afraid. 
Okay, well, like, firstly, I actually just need to tell you about the kids that I teach. Look, you don't. You actually don't, by the way. You really don't. Working with kids is an incredibly virtuous career choice, but at the same time, should not be used as a conversational tool wherein you can harp on for 25 minutes listing off the various character traits and defects of children I will hopefully never meet. Did I tell you there's this one boy, Carlos, and he actually just, like, reminds me of you so much? Oh, like, is he sarcastic and extremely lonely? Do you know, how does he remind you of me? Unless he was born nine months after Electric Picnic 2010 to a very confused, by the way, and very Brazilian woman named Magda, he couldn't possibly be like me at all. Oh, he was. Okay, well, then you should block her calls. Block her calls. Is he any good at football? No? Block her calls. Brilliant. Okay. I don't have a child. Okay. Yeah, like it just, he he came in from play school. I don't want to hear about play school. I don't want to hear about these new types of play school that they have. Okay. Back when I went to play school, it was always just a little area attached to the house of a pensioner who had a penchant for Marty Whelan and once was in the audience of Winning Streak, you know? The type of person who would probably win €34,000 in the lottery and then spend 33000 of that on a brand new Citroen Avensis that resembles a poorly designed spacecraft. And even somebody like me, with the financial intelligence of Greece, is smart enough to know that that is not good business. I've never understood that, actually. You know those guys, you know those guys you see driving around who spend, like, 87% of their salary on a brand new car? What's the story with that? Buzzing around in a Nissan GTI with more aftershave on than six estate agents or a taxi driver on the continent wondering when they'll be able to have something other than cornflakes for dinner. It's madness. Nothing makes my soul bleed. Nothing makes my soul bleed. And you see it especially at this time of year when you see a man who quite clearly likes his car and is driving around just to show off the car. You know, you you get them in convertibles on like a sunny afternoon like today's. Usually they have sort of bad, perverted facial hair like a goatee and are extremely divorced, you know, and they drive around in the convertible driving real slow and they look, it's awful. It's the adult equivalent of me wearing a pair of like Sika runners with the flashing lights as a kid and stomping my feet in front of girls in supermarkets so they think that I was mature and deadly. Mark. You're in a supermarket with your mum. You've barely outgrown the chair in front of the fucking trolley. And your cheeks, by the way, are still wet with tears from five minutes ago when you threw a strop because you weren't able to convince your mum that 12 years of age is way too old to be wearing dry nights. You're not mature. You don't look slick. Now put those BN biscuits and Kellogg's fruit winders back in the shelves. You're developing breasts, baby. When I went to play school, it was a different time. Much like an IADT, good stuff, much like an IADT student doing their final exams, we were simply given a box of crayons and told to have a bit of fun. There was no such thing as a curriculum, a prospectus, or supervision. It's absolute madness. I remember one time, by the way, actually, in my play school, there was a guy called Lucas, and he swallowed too much Play-Doh, and he got sick in the sand pit. And you know what one of the supervisors did? She just kicked more sand over it to hide it, like a fucking cat. Me outrageous. Not catching cholera. That was our curriculum. Kids these days are way too mollycoddled, which is, by the way, a boring point to make and not really an observation that merits expanding on. But it's a Sunday and I've been to three weddings in the last two weeks. So please show a little compassion, my compadres. Also, the play play schools that I went to, I feel, I feel like there was a massive age gap as well. 
You'd have one person who was literally still in nappies and then another person studying for the leaving search. There was no regulation at all. To be fair now, the guy in the nappies was actually her husband, Jurdy, who was only wearing the nappies to exaggerate a work-related injury in the hopes he could put in a claim against Power City for 50 grand. And if I'm being totally honest, I think the man just got tired of crawling to the toilet from behind the couch whenever the TV license inspector was at the door. But that's none of my business, you know? He'd call all of the children Jimmy, even the girls. And not because he was progressive, but because he was a gobshite. He'd come in and ruffle your hair like he was trying to get a stain out of the kitchen counter with a shimmy. Ah, ah, my name's not Jimmy. And I might just add that the bride looks absolutely beautiful today, Deirdre, as do all the bridesmaids, and to everybody in the congregation. I don't remember a time ever when I've seen so many beautiful people all here at once. I mean, the dress is uh, really amazing. I thought for a second that I had woken up and I was at some sort of fashion show. That's not at all how fashion works, Father Munzueli. And I think you know that. I think you know that, Father. So less of the platitudes, please, and let's get on with the service. You know nothing about fashion. You know nothing about the industry. Okay? So skip the bullshit. You dirty, blasphemous prick. <laughs> Some people use weddings as an opportunity to express themselves through the clothes that they wear. And of course, it generally backfires. You know, if your wardrobe consists of Veja runners and gym plus coffee zippies during the week, why have you decided that Gronya and Fahin's wedding is the ideal time to experiment with neon lycra or tartan? It's madness. Some of the outfits I've seen at the weddings I've been at have been absolutely clinically insane. Now, in fairness, they've been summer weddings. But at the same time, we must remember, it they're Irish summer weddings, okay? And when you factor in that our nation has the climate of, I don't know, like a porn star after a curry, okay? Wet and windy. You'd wonder... No, you can't. You actually... <laughs> like, you can't say that. And not because this is a family podcast or that it's a gross misconception about actresses in the adult film industry, but because it's not funny. And your audience are better than that. So I'm sorry. Nevertheless, one person at my table, right, had chosen to wear what can only be described as the rainbow spinning wheel on a MacBook as a dress. It was like Joseph and the Technicolor jumpsuit from Zara. It was bananas. More colour on this thing than one of Mr. Motivator's bodysuits. She was dressed like a Del Monte fruit cup. You look like you're about to enter the Rio Carnival, not St. Brendan's Church in County Carlo. Why are there loads of miniature fruit on your dress? It's bananas and kiwis and oranges. You look like a game of Twister. Oh, I just thought it was a bit of fun, you know? <laughs> if you're buying an item of clothing because it's a bit of fun, you've made a gross error of judgment, unless it's Halloween. You will regret this. Return it to the shelf now and quietly leave the boutique. You've played yourself. Aprons from the joke shop that have boobs on them are a bit of fun, okay? The hilarious narrative switch by global media in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case and tenfold cognitive dissonance displayed by anybody commenting on the matter is a bit of fun. 
you know? Wearing oak sandals that make you look like a camp summer camp guidance counsellor with a multicoloured smock that is inexplicably the same fabric as a Capri sun is not fun. Dangly earrings that have miniature rose gold wedding cakes on them is the antithesis of fun. I just thought it was a bit of fun, you know? Yeah, well, there's definitely laughter involved. There's definitely laughter involved. Another woman I was sitting beside was wearing a bonnet. A literal fucking bonnet. A white blouse and a red bonnet. She looked like a medieval French peasant. Or the woman on the sun made raisins box. What the hell is going on here? about your wedding okay I, I promise you Deirdre it was not about you you were you're a beautiful bride um well you and Mildred <laughs> nevertheless thanks guys for all the support uh if you're interested in coming to some, the Dublin small show send me a message on Instagram at Megan Mark uh I'll probably release the tickets on Patreon at um, patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan if you haven't subscribed please consider subscribing if you used to subscribe and don't anymore please consider coming back if you're still listening to this it means you enjoy the podcast so thank you so much genuinely really appreciate it I hope you're doing good I hope uh, life is alright for you at the moment and everything else is digestible couldn't think of anything to say there enjoy the rest of your Sunday and I'll speak to you soon all the best bye bye Thank you.